Would you give a warm welcome to Chris Simning tonight? Um, Chris is uh, one of my heroes, um, if not at the top of, of the list. And it's really the privilege of my life to call him a best of friends. And he's, he's Uncle Chris to my, my kids and uh, one of the best communicators uh, that I know. And just this amazing representation of Jesus. And, and as a Christian, um, that's really what all of us are, are called to be. Um, that's why we've been doing this series, to come back around again. What, what does it actually mean when we say those words, I am a Christian? What, what should it mean? And so for the last several weeks, we've been kind of diving into God's word to give us the answers to that which is really appropriate. And I don't really know if we've said this out loud yet in the context of this series, but if we're making a list, especially of the key things that are defining characteristics for Christians, then one of them has to be that, that you and I really live under the, the word of God. We, we seek God in his word that we're, we're trying to, to figure out who he is and what he's doing and who we are in him and, and what he's calling us to by what he's told us in, in his word. And so his word is such a really powerful thing. And if you've been around the block for, for even just a little while with the Bible, then you know this covers an awful lot of territory. God's word has something incredibly powerful for us, and it speaks about a wide variety of things, sometimes very, very specific, and sometimes not specific uh, enough. Have you ever had like those gray area moments in life? There's so many gray area moments where the Bible doesn't appear to give a specific verse and reference to, to that issue that you're wondering about, or a specific, very clear answer to the question that you've been wrestling with. And so as Christians that are, are trying to figure out, God, what do you want from me? Uh, wh- what am I supposed to do? What are we supposed to do when it's a gray area? What are we supposed to do? How many times in a given week do you find yourself processing, uh, uh, can I do this as a Christian? Uh, or should I be doing this as a Christian? Uh, can I uh, listen to this kind of music? Uh, should I watch that movie? Because there ain't no second Spielberg chapter four, verse three that says thou shalt not watch. So what am I supposed to do? Uh, can I take part in this activity anymore? Uh, should I do this in front of her or in front of him considering where they're at in life? Uh, can I quit? Should I stay? Can I purchase this? I mean, you think about all the decisions that you make in a given week. How many do you even process through the, the truth of God's word and then knowing that sometimes we're left with a lot of gray areas? Uh, God's given us freedom, right? 
He's given us wisdom and discernment. And so how how do you operate in the middle of, of those moments? Well, for all the freedom and the times where God does speak specifically, I think his word has given us some some pretty amazing passages, some amazing truths that are, that are umbrella truths that provide a, a great deal of covering for us. You know that God, he wants to cover you with his word. He wants to protect you with truth. That when he says something in the Bible, Uh, When he instructs you, when he's saying, hey, pay attention to this, or I'd really love for my people to do this, or please run from this, flee this, avoid this. It's not because he he is trying to rob you of some experience or happiness or joy, certainly. It's because he knows best, and ultimately he wants to cover you and protect you. And it's like, it's like these great umbrellas of truth. It's like a regular umbrella. I, I got this umbrella, and, and it's just this, this picture to me of, of covering. Because if I go out into the elements, it's a hot Phoenix summery day with blazing sun, and I'm bald. I look like Howie Mandel and Voldemort had a baby this is not happening. So I get burned in an instant. I need something to cover me. Or I go out into the rain and and I need something to cover me. And if I've got an umbrella, then I'm good to go. If I put it to use. And if I, I position myself under the umbrella, I am now protected. I am now covered. And over the next couple of weeks... As we kind of wrap up this series, I Am a Christian, we're zeroing in on what does it look like to be a Christian who's living in the gray areas of life. There are some passages of Scripture that are essentially a spiritual covering for us. We, we are called to walk under the Word of God, to submit ourselves put ourselves under the truth of God. And when we do, we will be protected, we will be blessed, we will be strengthened, we will be empowered. It's quite an opportunity that we've got to be covered by the truth of God. Now, I've got freedom within the umbrella to move kind of wherever I want to in here, but I'm covered nonetheless And the umbrella truth that we're going to consider tonight comes in the book of Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter three. So if you have your Bible, open up to the book of Colossians or uh, open up the Bible app on your phone, Colossians chapter three. Um, It's probably quicker if you go to the back of your Bible and work back to the left, you'll hit this book of Colossians. It's a smaller letter that Paul wrote to the believers in the city called Colossae. And before we get to anything on screen, I'm just going to read a little bit to you from Colossians chapter 3. This is one of my favorite chapters in the scripture. And some of the umbrella truths provide such great covering that they may not answer the specifics that you're hoping for. But they provide such 30,000 foot covering to you 
that it's all you and I really need. And so he starts out by saying this in verse 1. Paul says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, the assumption being that, that when you come to Jesus, you put your faith and trust in him, you hand the, the keys of your life to Jesus Christ, and you invite him to sit in the driver's seat of your life, what he does in that moment is so powerful, it's so special, you are now a new person. You are a new creation. What he imparts to you, what he speaks over you is now radically true. If God can speak the universe into being, can he not speak something true about you that is new than what was yesterday? You bet. And so we're raised to life in Christ. It's a whole new us. As Christians, we should be new people. But look, he talks about a perspective that Christians should have. He says, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Very much like what Pastor John talked about last week. Have an eternity in mind. Living like that's real will change the way that we live today, or should He says, think about the things of heaven, verse 2, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. And he starts teeing this whole thing up here that when you put your faith in Christ. As a Christian, he's done something so radical in you, but it's not necessarily about you. Uh, It's about Christ. And, And in this new life that now you begin to walk out requires some putting to death of some very icky things and then clothing yourself in some beautiful things that are fitting for Christians And so when you look at the list that that Paul describes on here, verse 5 and on, uh, they're very specific things about what you should put to death. If you call yourself a Christian, then these these characteristics, verse 5 and on, should not be descriptors of you any longer. We are called to put them to death. Jesus already died for them. He's already forgiven you of those things. He's also freed you from the bondage of those things. He has covered you with something new, a truth about you. You are not defined by the list of verse 5 and on, earthly things lurking within you, uh, greed and malice and all these hideous things. God does speak specifically sometimes. Now, some of you, some of you in here are the, the you, 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 you hate the gray area of life. You, you're black and white sort of people. You're yes and no sort of people. You're right or wrong sort of people. And you operate better and you appreciate more when it's, it's very clear cut. And you wish that there was an answer for every single question that you had that was very clear, very obvious. You don't like the gray area. 
Others of you in here, you love the gray. When you heard, oh, there's gray areas of life, amen, right on. I live in the gray, baby. Talk to me about gray all day long. I love the gray because the gray to me says freedom. It says it's a place for me as a Christian to exhibit my, my discernment and my wisdom in the gray areas. Some of you love it. Some of you hate it. But rather than get hung up on the specifics, uh, he gives specifics. But then Paul zooms way out to an umbrella of truth, a perspective that you and I should have as Christians. And if you've got this umbrella of truth from God's word covering you, and this is what you're walking in and walking under, oh man, it's going to help you navigate a whole bunch of gray areas. And verse 11 He gives it. Verses 10 and 11, he says, Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Catch this. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us that have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Christ is all that matters. You get a moment, should I or can I or I don't know. But if you are living under the umbrella of truth that says Christ is the only thing that matters and that is your perspective, that is the truth under which you are living, Christ is the only thing that matters at home, at work, at school, in my relationships, in my past, in my present, in my future, Christ is all that matters. You think that's going to help you make decisions about should I or can I? It better. That's a, that's a sobering perspective. That's a broad perspective to live. Christ is all that matters. Christians were to have that. We're to have that perspective. We're to live under that, that truth. We're not to get hung up on our background or our, our pedigree or our, our skill set so much. You don't even need to get hung up, you guys, on, on your past or your failures or your mistakes or your weaknesses and your handicaps other than what Christ has done in and through you, in those talents or weaknesses or brokenness or struggles. That's what brings us all into healing and into hope is what Christ does in and through our differences. He unites us and heals us for something better. Christ is the only thing that matters. He emphasizes a similar thought in verse 17. If you skip down... He says, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Do it as a representative of Christ. Well, that didn't answer my question specifically. Can I? Should I? Paul says elsewhere, in Corinthians, Paul says everything is, everything is permissible. But not everything is beneficial. Oh, thanks a lot, Paul. That helps an awful lot. He's saying, yeah, I mean, kind of everything's up for grabs, but not everything is good for you. 
That's a big blanket statement. That's an umbrella of truth. Another umbrella of truth is right here. He says, whatever you do or say. Well, can I watch this or can I do that or can I go there or can I hang with them or can I, can I, should I, what? I don't know. But if you are doing it or saying it and you are well representing Jesus, if you would catch Jesus doing or saying the things that you are doing or saying, then keep doing it. And do them a lot. You got all the freedom in the world to that end. But if you don't think you would catch Jesus doing and saying the things that you're doing and saying, you've got some things to reconsider. You may not be living under the umbrella of truth that says, whatever I do or say, I'm going to do it to represent my Jesus. And he hammers it home at the end of the chapter, verses 23 and 4. He says, he's talking about relationships with parents and children and husbands and wives and, and slaves and masters, working situations. He says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. And so if whatever you do or say didn't cover all the bases, he just said, let me expand it even to work whether you're talking about your vocation, do it like God's your boss, like God's your supervisor. You may work for Trader Joe's and they may sign the paycheck, but don't forget that ultimately you're actually employed at Trader Joe's, but Jesus the Christ is your boss. And if that is true in your vocation or in your schoolwork, or in the, the chores that you do, you're working at as if you're serving the Lord, that's the umbrella of truth that you're living under, that's going to change the way I work. I think I'm going to be the best worker, the hardest worker, the most compassionate worker, the most efficient worker. I'm going to be the best to work for, and I'm going to be the, the best to have, um, you know, the, the people above me are going to appreciate, appreciate me the most. I'm going to be one that's going to be using my work, whatever it is, when I've got the opportunity to bless the people around me, to, to further the kingdom. And so when we start to live like this, like only Christ matters, and we're filtering everything through whatever I do, whatever I say, whatever I'm working about, I have Christ in mind. I want to represent him, and I want to honor him with everything. And Paul's saying that's, that's what we're, we're inviting God to work out in us in our journey of being Christians. Do that more and more. But just like an umbrella, if it starts to rain outside and I don't have this thing with me, it doesn't do me any good. Or if it's raining outside and I have it with me, but I don't ever employ it, I don't get under it, it doesn't do me any good. It's the exact same thing with God's word as Christians. If we, we're meant to hide God's word in our heart 
and to meditate on his word. We're called then to live under it, submit to its authority, and then walk in it. And when we do that, we're covered by it. We're defined by it. We're empowered by it in huge and tremendous ways. Yeah, you can choose to step out from under. But now you're susceptible to the elements. I think you're susceptible to the enemy. And he can start to whisper, see, you're never, ever going to be used for anything because of what you did or what you've been struggling with or you don't look the part. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Those are lies from the pit of hell. Get your booty under the umbrella of his truth. Live under that covering and that protection. And watch out what happens when we do that. This man next to me here is one that knows full well uh, about what it is uh, to, to wrestle with his own thoughts and what other people have said about him, much less to come under the truth of what is true about him from God's perspective. So, Chris, all you. Hey, Headstarts, how are you? Woo-hoo, it's good to be back. It's always a joy to come back and see your faces and enjoy laughter and fun and joy. Thank you for being who you are. You have a good man right here, Ron, yes? Such a good pastor for your church. I like this truth. I like this concept, but pink? Really? Are you you, you serious? Pink out of all colors you can choose? Matches my shoes. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Not quite. Not quite. Hitting this right. I like this, right? Whenever I think of an umbrella, actually somebody this morning says it's a parasol. What? I don't know what that is, but all right. <laughs> it's a parasol. Okay. Remember that old, old movie? Old school. Maybe not. It's singing in the rain. Remember this? I'm singing in the rain. <laughs> Just sing. I'm not dancing for you. <laughs> Just singing in the rain. And he spins and he skips. He <laughs> you think of that concept? That lyric? Right? I'm singing in the rain. There's an opposite, there's a polar opposite at work in that statement. When you sing, that represents joy. But if you're doing it in the rain, that represents a storm. That represents what is gray. And for you to sing in the areas of gray, that gives you a lot of freedom. In credits. You ever go to a movie and it's a good movie and the lights come up because it's over and the screen scrolls to get credits? What do we do? We get up and leave. Because we think it's over. I don't, want, I don't care who the makeup artist is. <laughs> I don't care the costume designer. Who, whatever. If it's a good movie, let's go. And as our backs are turned and we're walking down the theater, the credits are still scrolling up the screen. We don't care about those things. 
when I think of Paul's letters in the New Testament, and there's several of them, Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians, Colossians, that wasn't in order, Thessalonians, these are his epistles. And after every one of these letters that he writes to these different people sets of communities, there's end credits. And I always skim by them because I don't know who Priscilla is. I don't know this person. So, okay, greet that person, but why do you have to write about it? Ignore these things. But then I go to Second Thessalonians, and I've always wondered to myself, why is there a Second Thessalonians? You ever think about that? There's nothing called a Second Philippians. Like were the people of Thessalonica that stupid? Were they da- that <laughs> dense that they had to write another letter? No. <laughs> and then I'm Second Thessalonians three. Verse 17, I read the end credits here. And it catches my eyes. It says this, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 17. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand, which is a distinguishing mark in all my letters. This is how I write. Did you hear that? I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. What is the distinguishing mark in all my letters? This is how I write. You're not an end credit, people. You have a story to live out. And at the end of this book in Thessalonians, Paul writes about this. He's the one that's being authentic. I'm the one that's writing this letter. This is the way I write it. This is my distinguishing part. This is my signature. And so many times I feel like as Christians, we think we're just ordinary. We can have courage in everything we do. We can be bold. I think of Acts 4, verse 13. Peter and John, two of Jesus' disciples, they're standing in a court of law before these people called the Sanhedrin. They just healed a crippled beggar. And the people here, the Sanhedrin, are astonished at Peter and John. And they realized that these are unschooled, ordinary men. They were just fishermen. But they took note of their courage. And what impacted these people more than anything was that these people must have been with Jesus because they glowed. Why? Because Christ is all that matters. Whenever I think of this verse that Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians about agreeing, about writing it out, I think of my life. You ever hear the big word in Christian communities called sanctification? When you come to Jesus Christ and put your faith in him, you are a part of the sanctification process. Because you've committed your life to Jesus Christ, 
You've committed your life to the hope that he has given you through his death on the cross and being resurrected from the dead. Now he is sanctifying you to be holy, to be completion until your journey is fulfilled here on earth. And I think about these songs that we just sang tonight. Who in the world can stop the Lord Almighty? He's the Lion of Judah, roaring with power. He's the Lamb that was slain. Or he's a good, good father. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. That's identity right there. We are loved by a great Lord and mighty God through Jesus Christ that we, like Paul, get to write our lives, not literally speaking, but figuratively speaking. The way we live our lives, we're writing a story for other people to see Jesus in and through us. What distinguishes us from the rest? What is our marking that we get to leave? I went to Barbara Five under cerebral palsy. And it wasn't even discovered until I was five years old. My kindergarten teacher noticed it. When she would assign us the assignment to write the alphabets, the letter of the alphabets on a piece of paper, she would watch me intently. She would see that my hand would shake and tremor. And she would look at my piece of paper, and it was a mess. I called it art, but it was messy. <laughs> my letters were jagged. If they looked crooked. You know, I don't put paper, they have lines. You're supposed to stay within the lines. I'm, I'm all about scribbles. I would always go outside the lines. Sometimes my letters would fall off the page because I shook. Whenever I think of sanctification, I think about my scribbles. My story. It's not perfect. But it's complete. It's filled with scribbles, but it's my letter. It's how I write my life. It doesn't define me, but it leaves a distinguishing mark in everything I do because I trust God with my life. I don't relate to God through a church building. I never have, and I never will. Going to church for me to check it off a list of completion of what I did for the week, it doesn't compute. I relate to God through my brokenness. My life is a constant struggle that I live with every day. So because I shook and because I couldn't write with a bit or pencil, I was taught to type. And now I type everything I do. I mean, I'll write my name or uh, sign my name or maybe write my address down, but it's, it's all jagged looking. Man, I should have been a doctor. You know, their prescriptions, <laughs> they're so cool. That's me. 
And then in eighth grade, I go to bed. I look like you with my cerebral palsy. I just tremor in my hands. I talk like you. I walk like you. I can outrun most of you. I'm not, I'm not kidding. <laughs> and then I wake up in eighth grade after a night of sleep. And I can't hold my head up. And at first, I just thought I slept wrong. And later, I was diagnosed with a rare muscle and nerve disease. And this is what you see right now. I get tired of people staring at me. I mean, I'm good looking, but come on, that's crazy. <laughs> I get tired of always having to prove to people that I'm not stupid or retarded. I hate it. I don't like it. It's exhausting. I get it, because I'm different, sure. But to live that concept every day of life, it's hard. But I know that my scribbles matter. I know that I, I'm a living letter that gets to live life to the fullest. Because Christ matters in every single thing that I do. Do we have courage, people? Do you know that God isn't done with you yet? Do you know that you get to leave a lasting impression? You get to be an aroma that's pleasing to the Lord God Almighty? Because of everything that you get to do, because you are protected under the umbrella of the truth, and you have freedom to move in the gray, the storms are gray. The storms bring despair. Brokenness be brings a lack of hope sometimes. There's fear. There's insecurities. I never thought I would ever walk again. I was confined to a wheelchair at one point with this disease. I sat in a wheelchair for about five years. It got so bad that my mom was planning my memorial service. And at one point, I had to rely on people to do everything for me, dress me, bathe me, put me in the bed, get me up out of bed. I thought this was over. And then I started to swim. Just to be with other people with disabilities. That was it. I didn't do it to think it would do anything. And God used that therapeutic tool to eventually help me walk again. And now I'm a speaker of all things. <laughs> I don't look the part. I don't talk like a speaker. But I don't brag about this. I get to travel the world because of this. For free. <laughs> it's amazing. My life is not a curse. It's a blessing. My scribbles go outside the margins of a script. 
My life functions always within the gray. That's what I have adapted to. But I'm covered by its grace. I'm covered by its truth. And everything that I get to do needs to matter for the glory of Christ. I want to be contagious in everything I do. I want people to see Jesus in me. It's not a religion. It's a relationship and a hope that I get to profess. And everywhere I go, I tell people I'm healed and I love to see their confusion. <laughs> it's hilarious. They scratch their hands to be really polite. Healed? What are you smoking? You're not healed. Look at you. They go, what are you smoking? Look at you. <laughs> You're not healed either. <laughs> because you're broken. You're a mess. You may see that I'm disabled on the outside, but you might be crippled on the inside. And I can't see your crippled self. But you're holding on to something. And you have to let go of it. It's gray. That's the only color you see with your life. It's broken. There's no sense to it. There's no meaning to it. You break. You ache. You have scribbles. But you have the ability to use those scribbles to write a story. Not literally, but by how you live your life out. I have the ability to choose to be bitter or the ability to choose to be better. And by God Almighty, I choose to be better. I don't have time to be bitter. It will cripple me. It will rob my spirit and rob me of joy. I love Jesus. And I want others to know him too. I want to be a representative of what Christ has for me. And as you look at this series of, in the gray of what it is to be a Christian, there's so many gray areas in your life that you're going to have to warn through, that you're going to have to struggle through. But like Paul says, he, lives, he gets to leave a distinguishing bark because of how he lived his life. And he wrote his life well. And I want to write my life well. Amidst my brokenness and my pain and my struggles. And that is my prayer for you as well. Why? Because in Jesus' name... It's victory. His name is victory. And we get to declare it and rise and live because of it. That's what I like about this tonight. You're not ordinary. 
and they're certainly not in, in credit. You have purpose desired by the living God to use your mishaps, your imperfections, your insecurities, your, for lack of a better word, scribbles. The Lee Barkins. That is a letter in the testament to how the Lord wants to work and use your life. And to be free within the realm underneath the umbrella of its truth. That's what I love about Christ. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty, freedom, hope, and joy. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for heights. What a cool name is Heights. You set us to do Heights every week. You give us life. You give us breath. And Lord, you give us our scribbles. And in the midst of that, we hold umbrellas. Umbrellas of your truth where we get to sing in the midst of our rainy storms. In the midst of our gray areas, we get to sing and dance with joy. That definition, but in purpose. Lord, thank you that you love us. Thank you, Lord, for your freedom because of Jesus within us. And Lord, I just praise you for your name. In your name. I pray these things. Amen.